happen. Hi everyone, it's Samilla from Menswear by Woman podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Um, today's episode, well, today's guest, I've been watching his brand growing and it's grown a lot. Um, it's one of the most amazing brands that I've come across, a very new brand. His name is Paul Clapperman, um, the owner, the founder of Us Keys. Um, as you know, this brand is going from strength to strength and I can't wait to get him on board because he's one of the brands that I've actually totally inspired by for menswear. Paul, welcome to Menswear by Woman podcast. It's amazing to have you on board. Thanks for the invite. Nice to meet you. Um, so, Paul, I'd love to know how you began in menswear. Because your brand that you have at the moment is fantastic. And I've been reading about the story behind it, how you go about it and how you've actually, you know, from manufacturing to sustainability to environment, all of it's amazing. So would you like to let us know how you started it all up, please? Yes, yeah, certainly. I, I think I think the first thing I'd say, and and, and um, I'll say from the office, we don't actually declare ourselves as a sustainable brand. I, I try and stay away from that term as much as possible, right? Um, because because uh, sustainability, in its truest sense, means replacing what you use. Yeah, and we don't do that. Uh, you know, we use cotton, we use uh, natural materials, um, but even organic cotton that we use is still quite a, um, a resource-heavy plant. Um, so whilst you know we do our try to do our bit, um, I, I'm I'm reluctant to sort of be pasted with a, a sustainable uh, tag because we're not. But we try and. Um, I mean, really, the ethos of the brand is to try and encourage people to have a longer-lasting relationship with the clothes that they buy. Yeah. And that kind of comes from my um, days working in retail, and it comes from the fact that clothing um, has got cheaper and cheaper. Mm -hmm. And it, it used to represent quite uh, – I mean, I worked for Levi's for a long time, and a, a pair of jeans was quite an investment at the time. Um, so a wardrobe, you know, when I was younger, didn't contain that much stuff, whereas now, you know, we've been encouraged to consume and consume and consume. And, um, and I, what I wanted to try and do is to try and encourage people to get back that relationship with the uh, clothing that they own. So the way I guess we try and practice, if you want the word sustainability, is through the use of the repair kits that we provide and through the use of the free repair service that we offer. Um, and also through things like buyback schemes. We're just trying to avoid landfill as much as we possibly can. So, yeah, I don't want to take a negative a swipe at people who use the word sustainability because it's up to people to do what they want to do. But, you know, for us as a brand, I'd, I'd just like to be clear about that. I don't pitch us as a sustainable brand. Um, I guess in terms of starting, the, the brand name Huskies has been around for a little for a number of years. Uh, but in its current guise, I guess we've been trading now for about three years. Yeah. Um, in terms of development, 
had on a couple of years before that. So it's been around about five years, I suppose. It's it's taken it to develop to where it's at now, um, with everything in between, from obviously Brexit and COVID and all of the stuff that goes with that. So it's been a little bit of a journey, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite pleased with how we're developing now and how things are going. Um, you know, my personal background has been one in, in retail, as I mentioned. I've been in retail since I was 19. That's, a, you know, a two and a half thousand years ago. And then um, I stumbled into internet retailing when I was about in 2005. And that was selling denim dungarees on the net. Um, and then it kind of that was a back bedroom business that grew and grew and then eventually went self-employed. And then I guess as the internet got more and more competitive, I was looking for something that would give us uh, a uniqueness, that something that would stand us out from, uh, that we actually owned and belonged to us, to give us longevity. And that's where the idea for us is kind of started. So with, with, the, um, with the clothing that you're saying to give long life kind of thing, how do you... How do you how do you make that come across with your brand to tell us all that? Because you know, with fast fashion and everything, it's quite difficult yeah. to make things. You know, it's because a consumer will always certain consumers will always go to fast fashion. How do you make that? How do you show that in your brand that hey, you know, this is how long your this if you buy this jacket, it will last for a long time. How do you go about that? I think I think it's very difficult, and I think it, I think it's a lot to do with the type of consumer. You know, I I have um, I don't have a particular beef with fast fashion. You know, I right. think if not everybody can afford to spend seventy pound on a shirt, so I, I don't have until you know I think until there's more equality and people are earning a better standard of living and, and can live. You know, I yeah. think fast fashion has got its purpose, and it's. It's kind of driven by the consumer. And I don't think it's the customer we're chasing, to be honest. Um, you know, I don't think that type of customer will, customer will be necessarily interested in Huskies. So I guess, um, and I think, you know, everything's relative, isn't it? You know, if you buy a jacket and you wear it once, once, a, once a month, it's going to yeah. last you ages kind of regardless of where it's from. So it's about how many times you use it. And so I think I, I, it's, I think it's a difficult to answer. How do we um, um, attract a, or try and tempt a, a fast fashion customer into us? Because I just don't think we kind of sit in that lane, really. I think the type of consumer we speak to is somebody who's perhaps a little bit more conscious about their own impact and, you know, they want to feel a bit better about what they buy. How do you think menswear is changing a lot as well? Would I say it is? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think the the, the um, it's it's easier for people to create and publicise and get in front of an audience than it used to be maybe 10, 15 years ago. I mean, right. it's now possible to, you know, with the use of social media, things like Shopify, the whole costs involved with um, 
producing design and getting design out and, and the whole digital revolution has made things a lot, lot cheaper. So I think it enables people to um, who perhaps would have been excluded by those costs yeah. to get into a market that they didn't, you know, they were perhaps excluded from. And I also think that the way manufacturing is changing as well is more focused on the lower, shorter runs, smaller quantities. So that's a lot more friendly now um, to somebody who wants to get into into manufacturing. So I think menswear, it, I think the quick, quick answer to your question is, I think it's a lot more accessible than it used to be. Therefore, it's more open to more people. And therefore, I think there's more creativity and uh, an easy way for people to get in. So I think, yeah, I think it's fast. I think it's vibrant. uh, And I think it makes a lot of the high street look a little bit tired now. Do you think we are, do you think it's an end to high street? Um... No, I don't. I, I don't think so. I think I think the high street just needs to adapt. I think I think the high street is an exciting. It could be yeah. an exciting yeah, place. Okay, yeah. I think that there's fundamental problems now with, um, for example, business rates and yeah. staffing costs. So yeah. it's how local authorities and councils and government um, change to make it easier to enter the high street and less cost prohibitive. And I think the bigger boys, uh, the, like the, the department stores and multiples, yeah. are, are probably looking around and trying to understand how, the, how can they get into this this market, you know? Yeah. But, but you know, and I'm assuming you and, and I probably operate in a different kind of yeah, vibe exactly. to the, most of the high street. So. Yeah. You know, there's still a, a huge proportion of people who, who just want something quite safe and quite normal. How did the name come about? And what does the oh, name there, there is. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was some massively exciting story about this, but there isn't. It, we, we had a fridge in the office that was called Husky. Okay. And it was it was a derivative of, of messing around with, we, we liked the sound of it, but we didn't. You know, we wanted to change it, and also we added one my uh, one thing in in mind about something that wasn't specific to a, a specific language. We just right. wanted something that would kind of sign sound nice and work in different languages, which which it does. And, and I've I kind of grown to love it. Really, I think it's it's got a very I think for the the, the type of customer we're speaking to. It's, it feels like a little bit of a. It's, it's accessible. It, it feels open and, and yeah, light, it and it feels like it's not taking itself too seriously. You are. It's you've ticked the whole boxes are there because it really does. It doesn't feel like it takes itself seriously, and it's very welcoming as well. That's what. Yeah, I, and, I, and I think that's that's what as a brand we try and we do. We 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 try and you know and. You know, I've got. Well, I work with a set of guys here who are great, yeah. um, and I and I think, but it does kind of the brand does come from inside me really, and and I think it's important that the brand reflects the type of person you know that, that I am, and and I'm not a, I'm not a particularly um, I'm not a, a uh, a, a menswear kind of brand person, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm, I'm, 
I'm more interested in music than I am in fashion, to be honest. So the the whole brand aspect and the whole kudos thing is not as important to me. Was it difficult? Don't get me wrong, I still like nice stuff, and I like nice design, Um, but the, the kind of the brand elements not as important to me as a person. You know, music and fashion go in hand in hand, right? That's the way I yeah. see it. It it always has done and it always will do. Was it difficult to start up the brand? Yeah, massively. I mean, to be honest, I, I didn't actually ever think I'd be doing it. Oh, you really? know, I, my background, as I, I mentioned, is retail. I've, I've always been in the game of buying things and selling things. Yeah. So. I never imagined, you know, if you'd have said to me when I was 30, oh, by the time you're 50, you're going to be, you know, running a brand, I'd have have been very surprised. (laughs) I'd have probably laughed at you, you know, but um, (laughs) so it wasn't a journey that I ever anticipated going on. It was just a case of change and, and kind of the way that the internet was moving, you know, when we first started in internet retailing, it was a, yeah. it was a playground for independent small traders. Yeah. And then the high street, you know, well, it followed the, the model of the high street. So decades ago, the high street used to be full of independence. And then the big boys, the multiple retailers came along, yeah. pushed everybody off the high street. Yeah. All the independents, or quite a few went online. Yeah. The, yeah, and then the multiples realised that they needed to be online. So then they all came online and started pushing out the independence and blah blah blah. So I, it, the brand came from a need to survive really as a, as a business and and to adapt and to change and to create a business that will hopefully will um, be future proof as much as possible. You know, so it was incredibly difficult. Yeah, yeah, and it was a massive learning curve. You know, I, I have no. Um, formal training in terms of uh, manufacturing and design. Oh, really? Um, So whilst now I have people working with me who who are from uh, those those, um, disciplines and, you know, uh, fashion design and marketing and so on, I have people now who have those disciplines, but at the beginning it was kind of me and uh, Helen in the office just trying to make it up as we were going along. So how important is design in um, in brands and in comp- you know in doing your own brand? I, I think design is well, I, I think I can answer. yeah, I think I think it, it, it's important to be constantly looking for new inspiration. I think I think trying to do something unique, yeah. Is very very difficult as you yeah. as you you'll appreciate. You know, yeah. fashion and music is a regurgitation of everything yeah. that's gone before it. Yes. Um, you know, the, the only the I guess the only really innovation is new fabrics, new new uh, trims, and so on that are pushing technology and so on. And, and certainly on the green and eco fronts, there's amazing new materials coming through all the time. Um, so design, I guess, is really trying to understand who your customer is and and then serving something up that they didn't really know that they wanted, but they like it when they see it. And I think, you know, design is it's so subjective, isn't it? Yeah. You know, one of the key one of the key things that I wanted to do with with the brand was to, you know, I'm, 
I'm trying to think of a better way to describe I'm, I'm quite um, a robust figure, do you know what I mean? I'm quite stocky, I'm quite small, I'm quite broad. Um, so I wanted stuff that I felt comfortable in. Yeah. You know, so that was one aspect. So we, we know it doesn't, that clothes don't work for a lot of people because, frankly, I was the first fit model and, uh, and I've got some sort of weird view of my body shape because I'm actually a lot bigger than I think I am, you know? Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, so the cut then became an element. You know, I'm also, I, I love, and I, I don't profess to know anything about it. Well, I know a little bit, I suppose, now, but I love art and I love colour. And yeah. that was important that we tried to create something that was um, vibrant and colourful and, and positive. So those were two elements. The fit, fit and colour were... Um, I suppose some of the starting blocks, you know. Yeah. Does that, I, does that answer it a little bit? Yeah, 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 not, yeah. I, I don't know if I've just no, 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 on. no, you have. No, 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 you have. Really. Um, because I was quite important. I I always find designing right very important, as you know, as I've done design quite a lot, and I always think that you know, in any brand, I think a lot of creative side of it's very important to have in a brand. Um, because, you, you know, you come across a lot of people thinking that, you know, design isn't the most important thing. But I think it is to keep going and to keep inspiration going. I think design is, you know, and you've answered it very well because I just wanted to get your view about it more um, in how do you feel about think, design. I, yeah, and I think, sorry to cut you off, I think, no, you know, no, Kelly, who, Kelly and Helen who work with me in the design, uh, you know, it's oh, she's always saying to me, look, Paul, we need to build more. We need to design more. We need to yeah. build more design into the garments. We need to build more. Fun. So, <laughs> I, you know, we've, we've kind of, you know, been playing catch up in order to get ahead of the seasons, you know, and, yeah. you know, supplying sales agents with samples and the whole, you know, as you know, the speed and yeah. we have to be. 12 months in advance minimum and it's yeah. taken us a long time to, to to get ahead of the game if you know what I mean and now we are ahead of the game so we are now investing a lot more time into colour and into design into research into materials so I'm really um, you know I feel like where we've got to now has been a blur and, and <laughs> I feel like the future is going to be really exciting because we've, we've actually we're in the driving seat now the kind of the dogs wagging the tail as opposed to the tail wagging the dog oh. so I'm excited for the future because I feel like we've got a um, you know from the back of a fag packet seat in your pants kind of thing when we started to actually we've got a considered um process now that I think you know will enable us to hopefully develop as a, a mature and mature brand you know yeah one thing I want to ask you right um, is when did you decide to do your own brand I mean I know you work you was working at retail and you're doing freelance what made you want to do your own brand at the same time and what made well, you feel like yeah, I I think I think it goes back to what I was saying about the the internet getting more and more competitive. We'd lost any sort of, um, you know, we were our first business model was essentially um, going out buying 
products from wholesale and then reselling them. And as the internet got more and more competitive, yeah. I was looking for something that would enable, you know, I have no plan B in life, you know, this is what I do. Yeah. So, you know, we had to adapt, change to survive. And we've been through a, a very um, huge transition as a business from that, that bought products from wholesale, so the likes of Paris wholesale areas, yeah. other branded products, selling them mainly in the form of denim dungarees. You know, we still have a website, dungarees online, um, to, to then getting you know, the likes of Boohoo, ASOS, all of our uniqueness was destroyed. So we needed to adapt in order to, to build a business for the future. So that was the driving force behind um, creating the brand. We needed, and at the time I looked at what, what, what strengths we had, what resources mm -hmm. we had, and Huskies was born out of that. So there was a lot of planning as well, was there? Uh, I'd, I'd like to say yes, but in reality, <laughs> it it's been tough. Um, yeah. You know, we've 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 done a full transition, and and we've had COVID in between, we've yeah. had Brexit, and yeah. all sorts of hills and bumps, and you know. So we've had a. I'd say I think we. I think in the last certainly in the last two three years, we, there's a more of a plan. Um, but only because we now know what we do, we were, we, you know, we are actually doing. Whereas before, it was a completely new business for us, and it was a massive learning curve going from retailing to design and manufacturing has been massive learning curve. But you know, we're coming out the other side, and we've managed to survive the journey. So onwards and upwards, hopefully. Manufacturing. Um is in India for your brand, right? Or do you do some... Yeah, yeah. the, the, the majority of the apparel is in India. Um, we have some knitwear that's in the UK. Right, okay. How how did you get how did you get in touch with the manufacturers in India? I mean, was it... Because coming from retail and not doing, a, you know, having your own brand and all that stuff, how did you go all the way over there? <laughs> to find people to do the stuff? Well, thankfully, a, a friend of mine um, was a clothing importer. He right. used to manufacture pro, uh, huge volumes for uh, big department stores. So I had a close friend that helped me understand how the process works. Right. And he, he had an initial contact in India um, and then it was simply about getting on a plane and taking um, a notebook and, and finding out, you know. Um, and I think some people are prepared, perhaps are prepared to do that, which is just, you know, you need to get out there. You need to see yeah. the reality of what you're dealing with, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's how it started. And then, you know, you meet other people. You speak to other people, you meet people. I mean, one guy I met in a hotel just chatting at night who led me on to somebody and, you know, he's it, getting in the game and, and kind of getting boots on the ground and, and understanding it, you know. There's nothing will prepare you for manufacturing in India <laughs> on a small scale, you know. Yeah, that's what I was going to say because, you know, I was expecting, I don't know, places like in India and all that stuff, Obviously, they want larger 
scales of uh, manufacturing. So it was doing smaller scales. It was like, that's a bit of a um, gold dust, isn't it? (laughs) To find a place that will do it. Yeah, and yes. And uh, we were lucky that um, we found that place. Yeah, exactly. um, You know, we were very lucky in finding somebody who would entertain the, the, the quantities that we were talking about. But along with that comes a million problems, you know? (laughs) because <laughs> um, the easier option is to do one style one color and make ten thousand pieces of it exactly. whereas exactly. we don't we don't operate in that market yet yeah well i don't think anyone i don't think any independent um, brands wants to do they uh do anybody uh, no but i think i think with volumes things get easier yeah you know, I mean, once you understand about fabric minimums and dyeing quantities and, you know, production runs, it gets easier when you can, when you can, when you can make the process easier for the factory that you're using, everybody's happy. You know, and I'm not talking about thousands of, um, tens of thousands of pieces, but the, the, with volumes comes easier. It, you know, it, do, it, it does get easier. So, Paul, um, who do you like? Who inspires you um, in menswear, or any brands that are, who you are inspired by? Oh, that's a really tough one, isn't it? Who, who inspires me? I mean, I, you know, I love, uh, um, I love uh, uh, Uniqlo. I think they're great. I think what right. they do is amazing. Yeah. I think the design team in there are obviously wonderful. Um, I love um, I love the I love the identity of Muji as well. I think they've yeah, managed like to create Muji, something yeah, like that, really that, like. that that's you know you just know from looking at it where it's from you know yeah. without obviously being in the shoe. It's got real yeah. identity. Yeah. Um, you know I'm a, I admire Universal Works. I think what they yeah. do is really nice. Yeah. Um, I. You know, then I think one thing that's grown in me, I think, over the last few years is just the appreciation for high fashion that I didn't have before. Right. And I think once you get into the industry of, of trying to design and make clothing, I just didn't have the appreciation. Um, and not, not not out of any other reason than just not thinking about it, really. But, you know, if, just like a, a Chanel garment or a Gucci garment or just the, once you appreciate how difficult it is to make things, yeah. that when you see something that is, um, you know, of that high standard, that is the, the, the development, the time, the yeah. research, the, 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 the fabrics, the, you know, it's just um, blows my mind. Some of that, you know, I was in lucky enough. I went to, um, the Comme de Garçon shop. I was. I went, I went to Seoul recently in right. Korea, you know, to meet somebody, and they took me to the Comme des Garçon shop. And there's just some of the bits in there are just unbelievable, you know. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I'm growing. I'm getting a more of an appreciation for. Uh, I think I've had that appreciation for for music for a long time. Um. Many many years of. But for, for clothing and design, it's something that's growing in me as I've got more involved in it. I, I, my eyes 
sharper on it now. I spend more time looking at it. I spend more time um, appreciating the work that goes into into some of this stuff. Because if you're not careful, you blink and you miss it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree with that. So, what's your next plan with Uskies? Are you allowed to tell us what? What's the? I know it's spring, so I know it's a summer collection and all that stuff. So, what's the plan for autumn and winter? Well, if uh, the samples are just going out now with the agents for one twenty four. That's right. Yeah, one twenty four, and it's it's kind of um, it, there's been some development in styles and colour, but but not hugely. We're keeping we've kept things in, um, quite tight. You know, right. we, I don't want to overcook it and end up with too much inventory. Really. Um, you know, I don't want to offer too many options out in case we have to make them all. Um, so I'm trying to keep things a little bit tight and, and, and nipped in for the next uh, 12 months. But then we've got a lot of stuff in development at the moment. We're, well, I'm trying to do some nice denim and turkey. Oh, um, okay. we've, we've, we've just started sampling on that, which I'm looking forward to seeing. It's quite, it's a really good denim that we're, we're using. It's got a nice backstory to it that I'm keeping close to the chest. Yeah, I was just about, then, <laughs> I was just about to say, going, are you allowed to share it with us? <laughs> no, you might tell someone. <laughs> um, and then what else are we doing oh we did we've we've got some new fabrics starting out of india as well some lovely oh, wow. herring bones and things and we've we've taken we, our cord that we do at the moment the organic cord we're, we're, we're improving that a lot trying to improve the um the quality of the, the fabric so that's that's coming in from this this um this autumn, so that's going to be nice. Uh, and then I'm, I'm off out to Portugal um, to try and, well, to meet a lot of factories and see what they do and um, see if we can do something. I like the idea. We don't do enough kind of printed fabrics and yeah. stuff, so I'm interested to see what's available out there. Because it's too hard in India, some of that stuff. It really is for me, you know. What's that, um, printed? Pardon? Printed fabric is hard in India. Well, it's, it's not something I've done. And it kind of doing what we do already is hard enough. Never trying to, you know, trying to coordinate that, I think might just be, it might push me over the edge, to be honest. So <laughs> I'm looking to do something closer to home. Right. That, um, you know, where it might, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. The herringbone. Um, but it's, it's about, sorry, go on. Sorry, Paul. The herringbone and the corduroy, is that being developed in India, did you say? The herringbone? Yes. Wow, I didn't realise yes. they, what, herringbone in wool or? No, in uh, cotton. Cotton. Organic cotton. Oh, wow. That's going to yeah. be very interesting. Yeah, I'm actually sat in a, I've got a sample on at the minute, which is, and it's, it's, it's not quite woven as tight as I'd like. So I'm trying to get them to improve that, but it's very nice to wear. It feels very light and robust at the same time. It's interesting. So, um, it's got a different hang to it than the, the, the cotton that we use at the moment. So developing the materials out there, is it difficult? Yeah. Um, 
no, it's it's more about knowing what we want. Okay. And you know, I mean, anything's possible, really. Right. Yeah. In India, yeah. Um, I say anything. That's not entirely true. It's certainly in woven cottons and and those types of fabrics. It, it, anything's possible. So it's more about knowing what you want. You know, because uh, you go to a denim mill or you go to a cotton mill and the, there's more swatches than you can swing a stick at, you know. So it's about more being about what actually we want. And, right. and that's something we need to get better at is, is actually researching more into what we want to start with and then going out and finding it as opposed to being presented with tens of thousands of options and trying to pick one. Does that make sense? Yeah. So reversing it really. Yeah. Yeah. That's just experience learning. And also, you know, getting, uh, you know, I wear the garments a lot. Um, so, you know, I also understand some of the pros and cons, you know, of, of, of the garments and, you know, owning a garment for, you know, a year and wearing it most weeks and, you know, seeing how it ages and, you know, so there's we're getting experience through um through the length of time as well, so we know what we want to improve, etc. So, how much does it, um, you know, how much do you feel passionate about the brand? And what oh, you're God. Doing? I mean, it's, it's going to kill me, this. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I was waiting for, but there you go. I, I normally say that as well. This is going to really kill me. <laughs> it's going to finish me off. On my grave, it'll say, you know. <laughs> You should have done something different. <laughs> oh, and my was, one is going to be like, should have become an architect. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Should have been a lawyer. <laughs> a lawyer. <laughs> Could have earned some money. Um, I, I love it. I'm, I am very, very fortunate in that I don't dread any day. When I wake up in the morning, I never dread what's ahead of me. Um, sometimes it's hard work and sometimes it's stressful and frustrating and, you know, when there's problems, the, 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 the big problems and, you know, and sometimes, and I've got nowhere else to go, I have to work through it. Um, I've got nobody to pass it up to or so sometimes it's hard. And, but yeah, I'm, I, you know, where else could, you know, I, and I've worked in jobs where I've, I've dreaded it, you know. Yeah. So I know what it's like working in a shop on a Sunday afternoon when everybody else is out and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So I'm very grateful for, you know, I work 8 till 4 Monday to Friday. If I work at weekend, it's our choice. Um, you know, we've got two kids. There's always been one of us around to as Claire, my wife, works with me. Yeah. There's always been one of us around for the children. It's been wonderful, you know. I work a five-minute walk from where I live, um, but it's consuming. You know, it's one of the last things I think about when I go to sleep and one of the first things I think about when I open my eyes. So like anybody who runs their own business, it's it um, can be hard, but the rewards can be amazing. I'd say, you know, sometimes you do, we don't spend enough or we don't celebrate enough of what actually we do, you know, because you, you're on to the next thing. Yeah. You know, in retail and sales and products, you're only as good as your last week's sales, aren't you? 
and sadly that's one that's one element that will never change is how much have we sold what's coming through what's in the pipeline the the, 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 the money's the boring bit you know yeah the money's the, but in some ways it's good to be restricted by money because if not you end up making costly mistakes yeah true very true you're actually at the moment online but are you thinking of opening up a store or is that in the pipeline? Uh, like we've got we've got we've got something uh, bubbling along for a, okay. for a, um, a month long pop up hopefully but um, I, it's not signed up yet so I don't want to. Is that in Manchester? So that be. Pardon? Will it be where you are? In Man- is it in Manchester? No, no, it's somewhere else. So okay. <laughs> um, we'll see. But okay. that'll be interesting. It'll be, but we, we do we, we do the occasional pop up. We're doing a small pop up at the moment in Manchester. That's right. you know it's a, a, a concession. You know we're in somebody else's space, um, and then we're in a, a corner of somebody else's shop, basically. Um, but a standalone. This will be if it comes off. This will be our first standalone store. And then we can see what that's like and uh, all the problems associated with it. I mean, certainly I'd love to have a shop. It's you know, it's, I've, I've been in shops all my life, so yeah. I'd love to. Um, I'd love to have a shop. It'd be great, you know. I can see but, a shop soon, actually, Paul. I don't know why. I can see you um, having a store very soon. Well, there's a million problems that come with having shops. Yeah, of course, with everything else. Like the person who's supposed to be opening up on a Saturday morning, but didn't get home on Friday, you know, all those types of problems. And um, and, and on a Sunday, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, and well, on that note, Paul, I'd just like to thank you for coming on to Menswear by Woman podcast. It's been an absolutely great having you on board. Um, love your brand. I think your brand is amazing. Um, love what you do and the story behind it as well and um yeah it's absolutely exciting and quite very inspirational thank you you very much and um thanks thanks for listening because i'll just rattle on if anybody's listening so yeah no brilliant thanks paul (laughs) really really all right thank you thanks bye-bye